Welcome to BitFriends Podcast, Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. BitFriends is a national vitiligo support community founded by Valerie Mullina. For information about BitFriends, classes, support groups for youth, teens, and adults, visit us at www.bitfriends.org. For questions or comments, you can email us at support at bitfriends.org. BitFriends podcasts are now sponsored by my Bitiligo team. Welcome to BitFriends Living Life and Love. I'm Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. Today, my guests are members of the Purple Patch Team Program hosted and sponsored by BitFriends. So I would like to welcome my guest. So I'm going to let you have a chance to introduce yourselves, um, introduce you and your guests, and then we'll start a conversation from there. We'll start with Bella. Hi, I'm Bella. I'm 16 years old. I'm from New Jersey, and I've had Vitiligo for about three years now, and I'm with my mom. Um, this is um, Carrie. I'm Carrie Guarina, Bella's mom. Um, we live in New Jersey, and I am actually a registered nurse. Uh, I do have experience working in the pharmaceutical industry, and um, just uh, so happy to, to meet all of the vitiligo community through bit friends they've done amazing things for myself and for my daughter so just happy to be here and share our stories awesome thank you and welcome and then priyanka um hi my name is priyanka um, i'm 16 years old and i'm from california and i've had vitiligo for a little over three years now um i'm here joined with my mom um if you want to say hello sure so my name is Vimla Francis. As my daughter Priyanka mentioned, we have been in California for about 16 years now. Um, I've been in the pharmaceutical, medical device, and um, uh, the biotech industry for the past 22 years. I uh, was very excited when I heard about the Purple Patch teens and the work that they've been doing. Uh, really passionate about um, also the members of the Big Friends group, including Mark, uh, who are great strength for the community. And so I'm really happy for this opportunity to share our stories. And um, thanks, Mark, for giving us this opportunity. You're welcome. You're welcome. And for our listeners, I wanted to give our teens an opportunity to share more of their stories. We've heard some stories from the teens, but there are more stories that need to be heard. You hear a lot from the adults, from the men and women, but now it's time to hear from our youth and the parents. So let's start with Bella. Can you share with us a little bit about your vitiligo journey, uh, maybe when it started and what did you notice first? And kind of go from there. Yeah, of course. So I first noticed my first vitiligo spots on the back of my neck when I was about to turn 13. It was Christmas morning. It was a little bit overwhelming. Um, it was just a little bit of discoloration on the back of my neck, and I wasn't really sure what it was. Um, my mom wasn't sure what it was. She had it in her mind that it was some other condition. I think it was tinea versicolor is what she thought it was. Um, but I was brought to the dermatologist, um, just my local dermatologist that I go to and they told me that it was vitiligo and neither of us had known what it was. We had no idea what vitiligo was and she explained it to me a little bit. It was quite overwhelming just like not knowing what the disease was and she told me that I could treat it with uh, topical creams. She per first prescribed me with tacrolimus and I used that for a very long time and saw very few results. And she was very reluctant to put me on a steroid, but eventually we did get a steroid. 
and the combination of the two worked really well. Um, and it still took a while to get any progress at all. And the progress was very minimal. Um, so we decided to look into a specialist. And now I've been seeing Dr. King from Yale Medicine, Yale Medicine in Connecticut. And he was the one who really helps me a lot. He kind of calms me down um, because he prescribed me with phototherapy. So I've been using that in addition to both of the creams. And I guess now I just kind of know that there's ways to treat it. They're not gonna be like right away and it's not gonna show results immediately. Um, but as of right now, I've treated a lot of my original spots are gone, but there are spots that have come and gone, um, especially right now since it's really sunny out and the summer, the summer really takes a toll on my vitiligo, especially when I'm tan. I've been noticing some new spots, but I, I know how to treat them. And I've recently been prescribed with Ruxolitative, so I've been using that as well. And that's awesome. what I'm doing right now. Awesome, awesome. Thank you. I greatly appreciate that. And that's one thing about treatments. Um, they work differently for different people. Um, I've tried um, the cream as well and the steroid. It didn't work for me at all. Um, so, and I haven't tried anything else. Um, will I try anything? I, I have no idea, to be honest. Right now, I'm content with my vitiligo, but I am noticing um, definitely since the pandemic started spots. And I don't know if that was my own stress about everything that was happening, mm -hmm. uh, but mainly on my legs, there are like hundreds of little spots. And I'm like, wow, that's different. Um, usually I get the big spots that I can notice, but the little ones are um, appearing. But I've repigmented on one side of my arm, but this, the other side is just really doing its own thing. So. Mm -hmm. Vitiligo is, it's weird. You know, it, it would do what it wants to do when it wants to do yeah. it. Now we're gonna to go to Priyanka. Can you share with us your, your journey? Yeah, um, so I was first diagnosed with vitiligo around the same time um, as Bella. Uh, I believe I was uh, 13. And at first we just thought it was some sort of discoloration, definitely not vitiligo. We had no idea what vitiligo was at the time. And uh, we went to several dermatologists, and at first they diagnosed me with pityriasis alba, which is another skin condition that um, in some ways resembles vitiligo. But then I was taken to another dermatologist, and she said that I had vitiligo. Um, at first, I honestly didn't really care. I think it was a little bit daunting at first, not knowing a whole lot about the disease. Um, but at first I was fine until I noticed my vitiligo spreading and changes in the way that people treated me. And um, so I believe in August of the same year, I think it was 2017, um, I started doing phototherapy and I also started using creams. I used tacrolimus and tofacitinib and um, those two um, as a combination, they did show progress um, in repigmentation. However, the progress was very, very slow and my vitiligo continued to spread. Um, I have segmental vitiligo, so it's only on one part of my body. It's on the left side of my body and um, typically on my upper body. I haven't really experienced any lower body spots. Um, 
So about a year and a half ago, I would say, my vitiligo started to stabilize. And so um, during that time, I was still continuing phototherapy. Um, however, the pandemic started. And so I didn't really see the use of going to the clinic for phototherapy twice a week, um, especially since I was at home and it would be um, a little bit of a drive. So we got a home unit and I started doing phototherapy at home while continuing to use my creams. And uh, that continued to show a little bit of progress. And because my vitiligo um, was stabilized at that point, I could definitely see a lot of progress in terms of repigmentation more so than before um, when my vitiligo hadn't stabilized. So that was encouraging to me. Um, and recently I did punch grafting treatments. Um, to help repigment the areas on my face, just because that those those are the ones those are the areas rather that are um, most important to me. Um, just because when people look at me, they just see my face and they tend to make assumptions um, based off of that. So I started doing punch grafting treatment for that, and I use I started um, recently using Lexalinative. So. Uh, those are the treatments that I'm doing as of now. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, the, um, and that's one thing about treatments. In particular, if you have your vitiligo on your face, um, a lot of people, you know, you want to get something that's going to help you because, as you mentioned, that's what a lot of people see first. And for myself, you may not know, I do have it on my face, but you can't see it really. It's covered by my mustache and beard, it's around my mouth. Um, but I have it on my hand. Well, I always say I'm like a cheetah because I'm spotted. Um, and, you know, we hear comments from people to say, oh, it's not that bad or it's okay. And, and, and all those different comments that people make. Now let's go to Bella. What was your experience like in school? Let's talk about your school day and interactions with your friends and fellow classmates. So at first, when I was first diagnosed, I was in like seventh grade and it was just on the back of my neck. Um, and no one could really see that because I had my hair down and no one really asked about anything. Um, it did spread later. It went to like around my underarms area, but again, no one at school really saw my underarms. It was more when I went to swim practice because I'm a competitive swimmer that people did ask questions because my whole body is like exposed because I'm wearing a bathing suit. Um, at that point, I just kind of told them, yeah, I had a spot on my knee. So that was there. I just kind of told them that I had vitiligo, so skin condition is not contagious. It made it very obvious that it wasn't contagious. They didn't get worried. Um, and then when I was in eighth grade, I did get spots on my face. That was the first time I saw a spot. It was above my eyebrows. Um, one person did ask at school once. I remember it was like science class. And I just told them that it was sunburn because we had just gotten back from spring vacation because I didn't feel like going through all of the explanations of vitiligo. So I haven't really, like fortunately, I haven't really experienced much um, with school. But I know that there definitely is a possibility that I could get more vitiligo spots in my face in the future, and I definitely will have to deal with that. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, school can be um, challenging for some and for others. It, it's it's no problem. It all depends on, I feel like, the company you keep and how informed people are. Like you said, you told them immediately, you know, at the swim class, 
It's not contagious. And I feel like that's one of the first things we have to say to people is not contagious. You know, I can't pass it on to you. I can't give you vitiligo. And I think that helps a lot. Uh, Priyanka, your experience. Yeah, so uh, I went to a very small middle school. I was in middle school when I was first diagnosed. And everyone there, um, we were all friends with each other. So we kind of knew what was going on in each other's lives and we were very close to each other. Uh, so everyone just kind of knew what was going on. They didn't know that I had vitiligo. Um, I wouldn't really go into detail because I guess at that point I was a bit embarrassed that people were calling attention to it. Um, but yeah, no one was ever really mean to me. Um, when I got to high school, people were definitely more curious. I remember that um, there was a student um, who was a shadow. So I guess the shadow program is when middle schoolers come to high school to just look around the high school and um, students at the high school currently just guide them. My shadow, she never looked at my face. She just only looked at like my vitiligo. And I could tell that she was doing that and it made me feel a bit off guard. Whenever I talked to her, she wouldn't look in my eyes, but rather at the lower half of my face where I had vitiligo. And that made me very self-conscious because it kind of reinforced the idea that whenever people looked at me, they didn't see me for who I was, but rather from my vitiligo. And um, when I got into high school, I became very, or a lot more depressed, I guess, um, interacting with people who weren't close to me and having to deal with unwanted stares, unwanted questions, constant judgment. Um, that just wasn't very good for my mental health. And um, I became very socially anxious as well. Um, whenever I was introducing myself to new people, I would always try to kind of hide my face, wear clothes with hoodies on them. So um, people wouldn't really ask a lot of questions. And like Bella, sometimes I would say sunburn, especially to little kids, just because I didn't have the energy to explain it to them. Um, so those are kind of my experiences with vitiligo, but I found that recently when people ask about it, I don't really get embarrassed. It's just an opportunity for me to um, help spread awareness about vitiligo. Um, however, I do think that people can be quite rude, especially adults whom I would expect um, better manners from. They tend to stare at me in public places. And I think that during the pandemic, wearing a mask has been super great for me because no one sees my vitiligo. No one double takes when they see me. <laughs> so yeah, I would say that's what my experience with vitiligo around my peers has been like. Thank you for sharing. And, and you know, you mentioned um, how it makes you feel. And I wrote down a few um, notes here. You know, curiosity is one. I know a lot of people are curious. You know, what's wrong with that person? What happened to her? What happened to him? You know, is that, you know, did you get burned in the fire? And I'm thinking, you know, no, it's not, you know, whelps from a fire, you know, anything of such. It's vitiligo. And you would think, and this day and age we have the technology we have access to information and all you have to do is say siri or whatever you have on your your phone and say white patches on the skin and vitiligo will show up and just read about it but 
Well, one, and I say it's unfortunate, but it is still fortunate that we can educate others about our condition. You know, this is what it is. You know, this we still don't have a lot of information about why it is, why it exists, or, or how it even starts. But you can, you know, explain to people, hey, this is how it makes me feel having vitiligo. You, you know, you talked about some of the, uh, some of your feelings, you know, and adults go through it too, the anxiety, or you don't want to speak in front of people you want to hide. And, you know, I, I understand about the hood. I didn't wear hoods, but I wore um, long sweaters while I, in the winter where I can hide my hands. And, you know, I will wear, I work with kids. So even during the summer camp, I would wear jeans. 100 degrees and I'm wearing jeans and the kids are like do you ever wear shorts and I'm like I'm, I'm comfortable with jeans and I was burning up so I'm at a point now where I wear shorts and I really don't care I have them on today it's 100 degrees I'm not doing it to myself you know with with jeans but we go through so many emotions you know um, kids and adults and I think it's important for people to truly understand our feelings you share with your share some of your feelings um bella can you share with us some of your feelings or thoughts as you were you know seeing your your skin change and how others you know interacted with you at first it was a little like extremely overwhelming just the response that i was getting not mainly from others at first it was mainly just like myself and like coming to terms that i had this disease and that it can't really be cured um I was definitely very self-conscious as it spread because I wasn't really sure like how long it was going to take to treat it and what others were going to say. Um, there was a point when I like considered buying makeup to cover up the spots that I had on my face. And at that time I was in like seventh grade and I just did not want to deal with makeup. So I just decided to let it go. Um, as time went on, I've definitely become more confident in like my own skin, especially because I'm a swimmer. Like, I know that I'm, people are always going to see that. So I have to understand that I can't keep worrying about what others think. And if they think something is wrong with me, then that's their fault and they should learn and look up the disease and learn for themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. What I'm going to do, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. I'm going to talk to your parents now. Um, so let's go with Carrie. If you could just share with our listeners, you know, what were your thoughts and feelings as you watch your daughter develop vitiligo? Although I think you kind of knew what was happening to a certain extent. You know, it's interesting. So I'm a nurse and I never studied vitiligo in nursing school. It was it definitely, you know, you get a snapshot of all the different medical areas, um, different diseases, but vitiligo is definitely not one of them, um, which is really unfortunate. Um, you know, your basic dermatological disorders, um, skin conditions, but that just doesn't come up on it. So when Bella was diagnosed with vitiligo, I actually had very little knowledge um, basis for it, very uh, little background, and I had to do my own research on it. And I did, of course, I'm, you know, I am, they can call me Google, I Google everything, and I research everything. Um, and, you know, at first I was convinced that it was Tinea versicolor because I've seen that before and that's something I have learned about and it looks very similar. Um, and I, so I kind of didn't want to believe that she had vitiligo when she was first diagnosed. We went to a few doctors. Uh, you know, I, I, I wasn't ready to accept it um, with Dr. One. And so we went to Dr. Two and Dr. Three and then uh, eventually to a specialist. And and I think when we when we got to the specialist, that's where I kind of came to terms with it as well and and kind of 
felt like I understood the disease and the progression of it a lot better. Um, you know, I think watching Bella go through, um, you know, times when she would have some stable, you know, um, spots that are stable um, and kind of feel like there's, you know, nothing really different about her and, and, and nothing going on to um, times when it just kind of felt out of control, where it was kind of like, I think there was maybe the first two years where it's just, you know, she would wake up and have more spots somewhere on her knees or on her chest, on her back, on her face. Um, it was overwhelming as a parent, just, you know, not, uh, not having something that you can just give them to cure it right away. You want to take away any sort of stress from your children and, and any pain that they feel. Um, uh, and so, but I, I think as, as we learned um, that there are tools to, to treat it, be it the tools that we have taking a very long time, um, you know, I think that what we learned was um, there are certain medicines that seem to work well on, on Isabella. It's a combination treatment. It is a lot of work for her. Um, I think it's exhausting. Um, but also um, the fact that she is going to have spots and, and that's okay. And I think coming to terms with that and that she's beautiful inside and out and having spots on her body doesn't make her any less beautiful. It makes her more beautiful and more unique. And, um, you know, I think, you know, she has something to tell the world about and to advocate for and, um, you know, something to solve medically in the future if she ever wants to, to go that route. But, um, you know, I, I just, um, I support her 100%. I think if she wants to treat it, wonderful. We'll do what we can to treat it. If she feels comfortable with the spots where they are, then she, you know, she needs to, to be who she is. Um, so I just want to support her any which way. And I, I think through it all, I just want her to feel confident in her own skin, um, you know, regardless of where she's at with the disease. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. It is important for us to really, um, when we're ready to embrace and, and say, you know, yes, I have vitiligo, but I'm still going to live. I, yes. I feel like that's very important for all of us. Um, and for our teens, you know, you're still young, you still have your life to live you have many years and, you know, in front of you. Um, and we want to be here to support you to say, you know what, you got this, but you're not by yourself. And that's why we have our support groups that are here for you. Uh, and you have your family that's there for you. And we do have researchers and doctors who are really working hard to try to find a cure. And for our listeners that may not be familiar with vitiligo, there are only treatments. There's no cure right now. So if you're on social media and somebody offers you a cure, there's <laughs> no cure. There are treatments and you get your treatments from your doctors, not from social media. I had to put that out there because I get all types of stuff in my, uh, on my Facebook page. Um, but let's go to uh, Vimala, if you can share. Absolutely, Mark. Um... I think as I was listening to Bella and, and Priyanka and Carrie, um, definitely I can echo a lot of what I've heard. And I would say that my journey um, with Priyanka during this past three to four years has been definitely a roller coaster. Um, being in the pharmaceutical field, when I first heard about vitiligo, I did not know what it meant, to be honest with you. But I was very positive about the outcome because I felt like 
I'm working for a company and I've worked for companies where they come up with cures for all these chronic illnesses and cancers of different kind. So I went into it with a, a bit of naivety, I would say, thinking that, yes, if I can find, you know, the best specialist in the field, uh, I will be able to cure it. So I almost um, looked at it, you know, in a very simplistic fashion, um, only, to, um, only to see that, you know, as I learned more and more about it, that there is no cure, like you said. Um, it was a very difficult uh, journey for me, and I would say sometimes probably harder for me than for Priyanka. Uh, you know, as they say, to wash the pain and experiences of those we love is harder to bear than our own. And I often used to think, I wish I could just take that and, you know, put it on my face so you know, I can yes. go through it. Uh, often been through those feelings as well. Uh, I think the points of frustration for me came from um, the difficult diagnosis. We spent, I would say, at least three to four months going to different dermatologists just to find out what it was, as Priyanka had said, um, you know, misdiagnosed a couple of times. And then when we actually realized it was vitiligo, we didn't actually start to get the treatments quickly, which was quite a pity in this day and age. You would, you would think that, you know, with the specialists, they would know what to, uh, you know, right. suggest the patients to start off with. And I think the problem with that was um, I saw the vitiligo pretty much, you know, ravage her, her face and also, you know, start appearing on the upper parts of her body and just seeing, you know, the impact on her, not only physically, but emotionally and psychologically took a really big toll on me. Um, in addition to that, I know you brought up a question on, you know, how her experience was at school. I remember, you know, taking her for the treatments twice a week and with the light treatments, she used to have a lot of blisters on her, on, uh, on her skin and on her face. And she had to go back to school, you know, with that feeling um, of, first of all, self-consciousness, but also physical pain of itching and redness. And she was starting to apply creams on her face and it was caking in the hot sun. And she used to share those experiences with me when I went to pick her up. And I could just, um, you know, think of the very difficult time that she was going through. And it was actually hard for me not to express that because I wanted to show her that I was strong. I was there for her when actually I was basically crumbling within. And so that was a very difficult time for me. Um, I will say though, as, as Priyanka had already mentioned, she gradually started to come to terms with what she had. And I would say that that was complemented by some of the positive effects that we were seeing. You know, it was pigmentation, repigmentation, I mean, but in very small areas, but at least that was a positive sign. And we were very grateful for that, grateful for the opportunities that we could actually go see the specialist, also afford these treatments, because some of these treatments are very expensive, as you know. And then uh, very recently, we did the mini punch craft surgery, and that's actually helped with the pigmentation on her face. I would say that's probably been the best so far, but again, it's very localized. Um, nevertheless, if I look at the entire journey um, from the start to today, it's been a very difficult one, but it's really taught us a lot. I would say that um, it's made um, Priyanka very resilient, uh, made me very resilient. I've, I've realized that I've learned a lot more from her than she has from me. And um, I've really seen her rise up to the challenge, which is, which is really fantastic for a parent to see, when you can see your child go through adversity of this kind at a very young age and be able to circumvent that. Um, it's just, it's a very, very nice feeling for a parent to have. 
Um, and, you know, you touched on a very important point where you said this is not a life-threatening disease. And that's such a great perspective to have. So it's also made us realize that, yes, it is something of the face, but it's okay. And there are so many people in the world that are going through so much more and experiencing so much difficulty that maybe, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's okay to go through it and just feel more grateful for all the treatments and all the benefits that we seeing from this, even if we don't have a cure. So that hopefully sums up, you know, my journey and some of the feelings, you know, I've gone through, uh, through these experiences as well, Mark. Awesome. Thank you very much. Um, you mentioned two things, um, the psychological aspect and the emotional aspect. And I think just knowing other people in the community, and I'm fairly new to the vitiligo community. Uh, I've had vitiligo for 25 plus years, but I didn't join the community until 2019. So I spent all that time battling with vitiligo when I didn't have to. And I feel like, you know, had I reached out sooner for support and for help, I wouldn't have to deal with the insecurities and, you know, having anxiety attacks and emotionally being unstable because, you know, you're great one day, you're not great the next day, you're great one hour, the next hour you're not. Um, and, and I think a big part of vitiligo is the psychological aspect because you're looking at yourself, then you start to think, well, I don't look like myself anymore because now I have the spots, but you're still you, you know, um, the inner part of who we are, that's what's important. You know, uh, we understand we want to, as, as we mentioned before, we all want to look beautiful. We all want to look handsome and pretty and all that, but we still are, you know, you just have spots and that's okay. A cheetah has spots. A tiger has stripes. Zebra has stripes. Now there, and now we have spots, you know, so we can't let those things take who we are and, and put who we are aside. You know, we, we have some great people within our community that are doing great things and we're not letting vitiligo dictate what we do or decide what we're going to say or who we're going to interact with, you know, like Bella, you're swimming. And you could have made that decision not to simply because of your skin, because everybody's going to see it. Um, there's a young gentleman that's playing basketball. I'm not sure who, what team he's going to, but I think he's, he just graduated from high school, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe college, but he has vitiligo. He's doing his thing. And there's a coach um, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He has vitiligo. But it didn't stop him from coaching, you know, so vitiligo doesn't stop us from living our dreams. You know, it, it may just create some challenges for us physically, how we view ourselves, but it doesn't stop us at all. Um, I have a question, um, and it doesn't matter who answers it. Uh, well, not really a question, but can you share with our listeners a little bit about the pen, the pen, pal, pen pal teens? I'm getting it wrong. <laughs> Purple Patch Teens Program. And to our listeners, we have so many different programs. There's the Pen, pen Pal Patch and there's the Purple Pen Pal. I'm getting it all mixed up. Can you please share us information about our teens program? I'm going to get it right. It's a tongue twister. Um, I can share some okay. something about what the program is like. So the Purple Patch Program uh, as a part of Fit Friends is for teenagers. And what we do is we have monthly meetings and we talk about our experiences with vitiligo. 
it's a relatively new group, so we've only had a couple of meetings and we're just trying to get to know each other a little bit more, seeing as we can't really meet in person for any activities and all of our members are from different parts of the country. So right now we've just been having some introductory meetings and planning some things for World Vitiligo Day, some projects that we'd like to share at the World Vitiligo Day conference, and we're focusing on fundraising as well. So those are just some of the activities that we've been involved with so far. Awesome. And it is important that we have programs for our youth, which is our purple, no, you guys, it's the pen pal patch for our younger kids. And <laughs> I, I'm getting it all mixed up, but patch teens. and the purple patch teens for our teenagers. And then we have our programs for um, our, our adults. So, and this is through BitFriends. So we're doing a lot within the community and we're just really trying to reach out to bring people together. Um, and I think with the pandemic, what it did, it stopped us from moving physically, but it didn't stop us from reaching out virtually. And it has been a blessing to the organization to be able to reach out to people from across the country. Because when we're doing our programs within our own cities and states, we're dealing with the limited amount of people. But now we're doing more through virtual means and through our podcast, we can reach people across the world. And it's been great. Um, I've had an opportunity to talk to um, interview a young lady from Brazil. I've never been to Brazil and we had a translator and it was great. So it, you know, I, I say that nothing stopped us from communicating with people. And, and I think uh, just, yes. just to comment on the team group, I think one of the, re you know, Bella and Priyanka really, um, you know, voiced interest in starting a team group um, within Bit Friends because, and you guys can, can chime in on this, the way vitiligo impacts teenagers is possibly so different in terms of the way that it kind of manifests and their emotional uh, state where they are, um, you know, just in their teenage years, as opposed to um, being part of a group with people that have maybe had vitiligo for 30 or 40 years already. Um, right. Just the fact that they, when they were diagnosed, there were treatments um, out out there, um, and um, I guess kind of just talking about what they're going through as teenagers in their teenage life is so different than being part of a, you know, a support network uh, or a group with people that are thirty or forty years older than they are. Absolutely. So we just feel that it's so important to have you know, something more focused for, for teenagers um, to help them through these hard times. Absolutely. And, and hopefully, you know, as the, the group continues to grow, we will get more people from different parts of our yeah. country um, and, and around the world, because if you're doing it virtually, you can reach anybody. Exactly. And um, and it's important for the teens to connect and share things that teens like, because right. if y'all are doing a TikTok video, I can't help you. Right. I know nothing about TikTok. But these are things that I feel like teens would appeal to. And, and you know how to reach each other. You know how to talk to each other. As adults, you know, our ideas are so um, antiquated that we're like, hey, we should try this. And you're like, no, mom, dad, aunt, uncle, whoever. No, that's too old. And and it's okay for you, you to let us know that as well. Because uh, we do have some outdated um, ideas that we think you like. But um Anything that you want to say before we wrap things up? Anything positive to our listeners? And it can come from moms or it can come from the teens. 
Yeah, I mean, just my observation of, of my own daughter, um, I think having vitiligo has made her the strongest individual I've ever met. Um, she can, you know, things that come come to her in life, challenging, challenging situations um, are not quite as challenging because she's been doing a lot of work on herself, on her mental and physical well-being, and um, you know, I think I think just watching what she's gone through over the last few years, going to doctors' appointments, managing it—it's all quite quite exhausting. Being able to do it all with school and and kind of be the person that she is today is just amazing. So, awesome. I think that's a positive. And being able to to kind of tell tell the world, tell her peers about this disease that is so not talked about. You know, it's important. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, Priyanka, anything you want to share? Um, yeah. So I think earlier when I was dealing with my diagnosis and even now, I had a hard time expressing my concerns about vitiligo. It felt like I was, if I did that, I would always be complaining to someone, putting my burdens on them, whatever it might be. Um, but I just want to let people know that it's okay to cry. It's okay to feel bad about it. You're human. You can feel whatever way you want and no one can invalidate your feelings and you shouldn't invalidate those feelings either. And um, my mom said a little bit earlier that, you know, you have to be grateful because there are other people out there who are going through worse, yeah. but you also have to remember that other people going through worse problems doesn't invalidate your own problems and you're allowed to express however you're feeling to anyone and no one will judge you and you know just try to be comfortable with yourself by expressing your opinions and your views because if you just try to hold things in it'll end up being a lot worse for you i completely agree with you priyanka and that's what my mom said i definitely think vitiligo made me stronger if i didn't have vitiligo there was no way i mean when i was little i was super shy I was like not confident at all, but I feel like as I became more like aware of my vitiligo, more confident in myself, that just helped me in general with like everything, especially like going into high school. I think ninth grade, I felt so confident and like, I don't think I would have been as confident if I didn't have vitiligo. So I think everyone who has vitiligo, you're unique and you should express that and get involved with research. Um, and make others aware that you have it because it's nothing to be ashamed of and it's something to learn about too. Yeah. Awesome, thank you. Uh, Vimala, you have anything you wanna share? Absolutely, Mark. It was just fascinating to just listen to um, the rest of the crew here. All I wanted to add was um, a two, two points uh, from Priyanka's perspective. I definitely will say that, you know, just as adversity brings out the strength and character, this whole phase has definitely made her anchor more to her values. Um, as we you know, have chats at home, that's one thing as parents we reinforce is that success in life is about who you are, the good that you do, and the attitude you bring to every circumstance. And so it's got nothing to do with how you look or um, you know, the social groups you have or how far you, you get in life. It's more about who you are as a person and how you just love life. and get out there and do your best. Uh, so Priyanka is aspiring to do research in um, dermatology and the LIGO, so to Bella's point, 
hopefully, you know, we can join forces with the rest of the scientific community to come up with something to give back to, to the world. And personally, I would say that definitely I've grown stronger spiritually, though I often vacillate between a struggling faith, if you will, to a clinging faith and a resting faith. I would say, you know, I'm leading more towards the right and I really feel good about that and I'm really thankful um, you know for everything that's happened because I know there's a purpose even if it doesn't mean that it's going to be for our good it may be for uh, the good of the community so uh, I really feel good and positive about the whole experience awesome thank you thank you well we're going to go ahead and wrap things up for our listeners there you have been listening to members of our purple patch teens program that is Bella Priyanka and then we have Bella's mom, Carrie, and then you have Priyanka's mom, Vimala. So thank you for being here, for listening to this show. And I would like to thank my guest again for being on the show. And uh, that's it. I just want to say to everyone, thank you. Have a blessed day. Take care. Stay safe. And look in the mirror and tell yourself, I love you. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Mark.